Yes, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Profession Confession. I'm your host, Gabe Noah. With me, as always, is the chocolate unicorn, Tevin Pittman. Yes, sir. The caramelicious one. In the back today. Somebody's got to do it. Because we have a special episode. We have a very rare episode, actually, in that we're having a remote guest, which um, we privately said we won't do that. But I think we're breaking. Yeah, multiple times. (laughs) And this was one that, quite frankly, when she reached out, I was like, oh, another crackpot who wants to be on our show. And uh, and then I read and and called her and met her. And it's just uh, it's gold. I tell you, it's gold. This is the exact kind of perversion that I want to live in. (laughs) And I want to surround myself with all the time um, without actually participating. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, our guest, her name is Stephanie Parent. Um, she is a professional submissive. Um, she also did Dom work, but it's in one of the only commercial dungeons in Los Angeles. So there was two of them. And so th- like the difference is, is that there's some dungeons that an individual Dom might run or whoever the perverted person is who has to have a dungeon <laughs> and then uh, people go to them. This is some where any Tom, Dick or Harry can walk in off the street and get their kicks. So this is uh, which I think is in a way so much more interesting and <laughs> terrifying. Uh, the more I thought about this as a submissive uh, for anyone who doesn't know a submissive before I, before I introduce the guest, I'll kind of lay the groundwork a little bit, just a submissive for anyone who doesn't know. It, you know what? How about this? Stephanie, why don't you describe what this is instead of me pretending like I know what the fuck it is? <laughs> Our guest, Stephanie Parent, is also an author. Author? A writer? Yeah. yeah what do you say? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know. Author makes it sound writer. like it's like children's books, but no, these are not. Writer, writer works. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. Have, I have written children's books, actually. Believe it or not, that was what I wanted to do in the past, but that's another. That's not what people are interested in. I believe it. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I don't think we're gonna get many uh, shares on the children's <laughs> book profession confession. But yeah, so so what do you, you know? I mean, I generally know what a submissive is and right. a dom. But yeah, if you don't mind laying it out for the people, right? So, um, so basically, BDSM stands for bondage, domination, submissive, sadomasochism, and I think there's a few more. Oh, also, um. Well, those are the main ones. But so so basically it's a power exchange that occurs mainly in sexual contexts, but it does not have to be sexual. It could just be role play. But there is somebody who is the dominant person. So the person who is in control and there is somebody who is the submissive person who is under the dominance control in this interaction, which would occur within set parameters. So at a dungeon, it would likely be within, say, an hour session. If in your personal life, it might be for much longer. Some people do, you know, full relationships 24-7 BDSM type things, or it could just be for a couple hours for fun. Um, but so dominant submissive is a way of describing it that really is just about the power exchange. So the dominant is the person who is in control. The submissive 
is basically doing what the dominant says. But of course, there is always a safe word, particularly in professional BDSM. So if the dominant crosses the submissive's limits, then the submissive could use their safe word to stop the scene. Um, The other words like sadomasochism would imply more that the top is giving pain and that the submissive is receiving pain. So there's all sort of ways that this can go. You can be a submissive without liking pain. I did like pain, but this be the, the dominant submissive part of it is really just about the power exchange would be the main idea. Okay. Um, and ex- yeah, that, yeah, yeah no, on. that, that does it perfectly. Um, as someone who's been dominant my entire life, um, <laughs> it's very hard to, to, I thought that the people who were submissive for the most part, just weren't as dominant. So they get dominated. Like I, you know, I didn't realize that, that it can be your main sexual kink in a sense. I mean, I do get that. I do understand that. I just, I, it's, uh, what's interesting to me is that you, you like, that's your main kick, right? And yeah, I would say so. And the extent of that gets pretty, um, far reaching for you. Um, in your thing you sent me, you like, uh, like one that stuck out was that you like being trampled. (laughs) Yeah, that's I know that's pretty rare for a woman. I think it's much more common for men to like that. Um, Is that like by a herd of deer? Right. Or yeah. (laughs) Like what is what is like what goes into a trampling? Is that different than just being stepped on? Can one person do Um, it? No, I mean, it's just a fancy word for just being stepped on. Um, I I mean, I didn't do it a lot at the dungeon. I had a couple special people I did it with, but it wasn't something because it again, it's something that could be probably abused you know you don't want a six foot guy putting your i was just gonna say is there like a weight (laughs) limit to the to the guy that walks in i mean i think most of the people i did it with including like my ex-boyfriend and a couple clients were probably holding back a little like they probably weren't putting their full weight on me although there was one client who wanted to step on my stomach with his full weight which was a little crazy i can't believe that i let him do that i should not have let them him do that hard to come if you don't though (laughs) (laughs) i mean i would think like yeah like i mean putting myself in his shoes hard to jizz if you don't put the full force into it at least for a second uh but what no with my ex-boyfriend like he would wear his dirty boots when he trampled my back so it was less about like the weight and more about um like your dirtiness of it i understand that and uh tevin just uh on your production meeting here um the the tv in here is about to turn off if you don't mind jiving yeah um so yeah so can you kind of describe the dun- – like before we get into your stories, can you describe or whatever the dungeon to people? Like what it was like, how big was it, um, how much did it cost, those kind of things? So, okay. So it was a, just a house in West L.A. It just looked like a house from the outside. You would never know if you were passing it. In fact, I tried to find it before – I was going to work there and I couldn't find it. It was, it was just on a residential street. And I had always been kind of like, I'd always wanted to maybe work at some kind of sex work type place, but I was always like thought it was going to be in a bad neighborhood or just an industrial place or a dark alley. You know, just yeah. Especially BDSM stuff. I can yeah, see being, this was not you know. like that at all. It was just, it was very pretty, pretty little cottage. Um, and then there was another building, which was just another house next door or across the street from the parking lot, which they took on later though we called the annex. So it was two, just two buildings uh, with a parking lot in between them. And how many rooms? 
so so downstairs there was the lobby room and then the interview room and then there was a room there were two rooms where we could hang out but they were also occasionally used for sessions then there were two rooms upstairs which were generally where the submissive session and they were both nice big rooms and then in the um, building next door there were four additional rooms so quite a few actually but some of them were very small um so so there were were different themes okay yeah so each discipline has their own kind of space or room or whatever well the idea of that was just that they would try to keep the submissives upstairs if possible because then they were right below the front desk basically so if we had to call for help we were closer versus in the building across the annex across the parking lot we could still call for help but it was a little you know it might be a little harder to get help so if you're the dominant you're the one in control and you've been working there longer and you just kind of know more what's up then you're less likely to need help was that a common thing to need to call for help no it was very very rare and in fact when it did come it was not for the reasons you would think it would be it would be more like because so one time somebody fainted, something like that. So not necessarily because somebody was behaving badly. From, from pure um, just orgasmic ecstasy. I can't did. believe what this bitch is letting me do. <laughs> oh, no, I'm I so mean, happy. <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think it was that. And we actually had a lot of our clients were on the older side. So I think it was something to do. <laughs> God, because they have a bunch of pent up anger. What, what, um, yeah. what, so what was the process for, you know, before we get into the stories was the last kind of thing is, is how did these people become clients? Like, you know, is there a big qualifying process? Is it, <laughs> no. you know, literally so anyone can walk client, in? I mean, literally we, and I think you asked me is literally you could walk in off the street and say, I want to do a session. Now, if you came in and you were obviously homeless or you reeked of alcohol or something like that, then they would probably say, um, sorry, this is not going to work out. Um, but Sir, yeah, anybody could come in. <laughs> Anybody yeah. could come off the street, but of course you would have to have heard of the dungeon. Um, but a lot of people did hear of it. And then there was a time, I think, I don't remember how long it was ago of exactly, but a time when they were really cracking down on a lot of the other listings. Um, so then a lot of people kind of found the dungeon because we're legal and we don't do full sex work. So we were able to stay open and keep advertising. So a lot of people found it and thought that we were going to do things that we don't do. So we would have people come in expecting those things. I mean, still let them, them session would just say, you know, we're, we don't do sex here. We don't do full nudity. And they would just have to understand that. So but really? they would come in and they would do it. Yeah. So like you'd yeah. get your ass caned in a bikini <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> well, so as um, the female client would just always keep your G-string on. Okay. So it was very, very small scrap of fabric. But okay. it was there. <laughs> Put so, this dental floss over yeah. your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We only want them yes. to see the right half and the left half of your asshole. Yeah. I mean, those G strings are pretty small. <laughs> right. So what, what, um, so, okay. So anyone can walk in. I'd imagine there's regular clients. What did this kind yes. of thing cost? So and how did the session actually, I, and, and I was confused when I talked to you on the phone before. So if I say anything about money, that seems really wrong. It's probably because I'm bad at math, okay. but I have it down now. So a half hour, a half hour it session, which cheap. was the cheap, cheapest you could do a half hour session was $120. So the, the submissive or dominant, the, the woman would get $60 and then a house gets $60. So I think I told you it cost $60, but I was mixed up. It means I got $60. The house got $60. It cost $120. So you get and for 60 45, bucks for a half for hour. A half hour. Okay. Yeah, for half an hour. Um, and then 
up to an hour was $200 and I would get a hundred of that. And then gratuities were encouraged, but not required. Um, some clients were extremely generous with them. And then some clients didn't know that they were supposed to do it. So it was a total range. Yeah, of- I think by rule of thumb, if you just get to walk in off the street and like <laughs> beat somebody for like second, not beat, but whatever, be dominant <laughs> to somebody, you should probably throw them an extra couple of dollars when you walk out the door. Anytime, probably. You, anytime you rough a woman up, it's customary <laughs> to, to well, leave so some money. That's another 20%. thing is that we had something called heavy sessions, which is where if you hit the, the woman hard enough to bruise or you used wooden paddles, which leave much deeper bruises, or especially if you caned, there was an extra fee for that. So that was an extra $100 per hour. Um, and then cane strokes was an extra $10 per stroke. So Jeez. that could- 100 bucks per stroke? No, 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 $10 per stroke. So it was $100 okay. per hour for the heavy section. And then extra on top of that $10 per stroke. But if you let your so, like if you let your rage loose, there's no way you're not caning women less than ten times. If you cane her once, and if fact, you cane her once, once you're caning ten. <laughs> one time somebody caned me, I think maybe forty times. So that was four hundred dollars just there. And how did that on top feel? Of all the other. Um, Were you weeping? Was, no, um, I mean I was. I had a really high pain tolerance when I, I started. And I, no, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. There were things that did make me cry, but not that. Um, so you get, you, you get, you get high kind of, you get endorphins going and you get high once you start. So by like the 30th one, it, it really just feels good to be I, honest. You know, actually I read a thing about, um, <laughs> um, about cutters, right? That that's, that's yeah. like the whole thing about cutters is that it releases the same, I don't know if it's gabapentin or Whatever it is, but it's the exact same thing as a drug high or whatever, right? Yeah. Is that you get a it's, true, yes. true uh, release? Yes. Go ahead. Sorry. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. And so, yeah, it does. It does get tricky when you're doing it for a job because just like with regular drugs, you build up a tolerance and so it stops working as, as well. And then also, if clients are rude or disrespectful or purposefully doing things wrong and then things start to get associated with bad connotations rather than good then it stops working as well so there are times when you don't get that high but definitely the first year or so that i worked through, worked there that must I be was really loopy and high a lot of the times <laughs> yeah good okay Go ahead, and, uh, and i know you kind of went over kind of the layout of the uh dungeon that you worked at but what was kind of the overall like atmosphere of it was it set up to be like sexy is it like dark just velvet red covering yeah, everything say, like yes what? so it, and it was different rooms so it was different in every room but so from the outside it was just meant to look like a normal house it was kind of charming and cute but then as soon as you walked in the lobby it was basically leather like leather chairs it was Mm -hmm. dark i mean it wasn't there were some bdsm pictures on the wall there were old pictures from when the dungeon started because the dungeon had been there since the 80s there was a picture of every girl who worked there at the time um so it was subtle like it wasn't like there were chains hanging from the ceiling or anything bad um but it was subtle and then every room kind of had a different feel to it so um like there was one room that was really supposed to be the dungeon room and it had like a metal floor and a big like ball and chain and stocks and all kinds of crazy. You mean my ex-wife was in there? Wait, what are stocks? It was not a fun room to session in because it was just kind of cold and <laughs> um, dismal. But actually you told me that, that the other woman you talked to had said something about cruise 
I, I don't know if I well, yeah, so we yeah. had once, yep, um, she did a if I can mention the other session, but it's something about like a crucifixion session. And we actually had something similar to that, although less extreme. And like, for example, that we did in the dungeon room, whenever somebody would come in and ask for something like that, that was very like a serious punishment scene, we would definitely take them to that room. Um, but all the, most of the rooms were, they all had, you know, the basic pieces of equipment would be the same. There would be a bondage bed. So it's like a big Gotta bed, but with, um, yeah, with the chains or the um, the hooks on the side. Do you have like and then there would the X wall a, or whatever, the yeah. X thing? So that yeah. would, that's called the St. Andrew's Cross. Yes. So there was a St. Andrew's Cross in pretty much every room too. There was usually a cage in every room. Um, what else was in every room? A suspension bar. So just these basic things. But then there was always a different theme. Like one of the rooms had animal prints. So the floor was animal print. All the blankets were leopard and tiger print. One of the rooms was red and black. One of the rooms was purple. And then we did have one room that really didn't have any BDSM stuff at all. It was small, but it was um, it was just like a sofa and a mirror and pictures of Betty Page and just like kind of cute 1950s style paint pictures so like that was hack, room for the hack bdsm <laughs> room but in that andrews yeah, so that was for people who wanted to do more we would call it a domestic scene you know if you wanted to role play a spanking scene like and a then, husband and wife spanking or yeah your wife, wife turns into a bitch right. and then starts spanking you Did, wait yeah. in the andrews machine is that does that spin too no, right um the, no, it's not a St. Andrews I think you're thinking of the circus. Cross. Oh, oh okay, spin. never mind. I thought, okay. You're thinking of the knife thrower spin, at the circus. But yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, we didn't have any that spun at our dungeon, but I believe there are some that can rotate you upside down. Um, what are, um, so we didn't have that. What are some of the and most... Also, the oh, the go last ahead. room, before we go on, just let me add, we also had a, one that was like set up like a schoolroom. So, because a lot of people wanted to do Naughty School Girl. One of so my least favorite room. porn tropes. <laughs> truly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, doesn't mean I don't watch them, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> what, what, you know, not to shame anyone else's, I don't do that. Um, I'm far too depraved to shame others, but, um, what, what, um, what are among the most extreme requests that, you know, that a first timer walks in with? It's so odd to me to be anyone who walks in off the street, right. Or, or, yeah. or to have this urge and go, God, I really, really, I've wanted to rough up a woman for a long time. I want to step on one and that would really make me come or whatever. And then, oh, I'm going to go to the yellow pages. I find this, go in, you know, what is well, their I mean, comfort? Just, so that's a hard question to answer because it's so, there's so many different possibilities. Like I could talk about that for a long time because there were the people who were walking off in the street, walking in from the street who really just didn't know what it was and kind of wanted more of a stripper type experience. And mm -hmm. we would definitely session with them and give them, you know, what we could, like I said, we couldn't get fully nude, but, um, so that would be more tits like, out they though. might ask for what, what did you say? Tits out though. Yeah. Um, okay. Tits out <laughs> yeah. G string on, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I thought you said, kit. I was like, tits. What is kit? No, no, no. Tits. Definitely. Out. Tits. Yeah. Tits if I ever say been, anything sounding like it's, it's tits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's actually a good example because somebody who really just wanted a stripper experience, they might be like, oh, I want to do nipple torture. And they might just like squeeze your nipples for a couple minutes, but they really just kind of wanted to grope you. So that's right. one example. But then there might be other, you know, people who there were definitely people who had been really fantasizing about BDSM for a long time and were scared to do it or just didn't have the means to do it for whatever reason and would come in for the first time. Now, I would say most of those were actually submissive men. And my guess would be that's because up until recently at least it's been a little less 
culturally acceptable for a man to be submissive. So that would be something a man would probably have a harder time maybe admitting to his wife or girlfriend versus to be dominant is a little more acceptable. Um, That's true. So, except doms have been around a long time, obviously. Right. So it's like, it's been in the culture a long time, but yes. yeah. Yeah. You never but, admit but that. We right. We see a yeah. lot of men who just, they didn't want to admit that to their wife or their girlfriend. Oh like, yeah. That was a separate, separate thing. Um, so if, if a man was coming in and he just wanted to spank a woman and he never done that before, it would tend to be pretty tame requests, but those were some of my favorite sessions to do. Um, if a man had never spanked a woman before and he obviously loved it, that would be great. And then that would go the other way too. If a guy really wanted to be spanked and had never done it before. And it would just be a really simple, like almost innocent session, but just did you fantasize for something for so long and then you finally do it. And that, kind of magic can never be recreated but when you asked extreme so i do want to say so there are some what i would notice is that guys who might have like a fairly tame fantasy but then if you have a fantasy for so long and you don't get to release it in any way or share it with anybody it tends to get really really intense over time so that by the time you finally do share it with somebody it's super intense so we would have guys who would come in who would have these like intense, like, um, like bathroom type fantasies. And we didn't do that, but they would like have these long descriptions of how they wanted us to like poop in their mouths and how they would feed us prunes. And sorry if it's getting gross. And, like, no, 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 all no I love it. <laughs> all this stuff. So we didn't, we didn't do that, but we would obviously talk about any of it. So stuff like that, there was a lot of that type of stuff. Um, there was one guy who just, he'd never done anything. And he was like, I don't know what I want to do. So he just kind of came up and he wanted to try it all. So, um, this was actually when I was still a sub, but two doms were playing with him. And then they asked like literally every sub who was working that day to come up and see him. Cause he wanted to be humiliated. So they wrote stuff all over his body in lipstick, like slut or cunt, whatever you could think of. Um, I think they wrapped him in saran wrap. They, tied up his cock and balls and Both? tied him up and spanked him like all, like everything like he had done nothing and he just he wanted it all well let's be called let's slow down just like, a little bit a on this because i'm dying to 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 kind of take some of these apart so when 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 a guy comes in so especially because you're kind of representing this as if they're like oh, kind of timid new and then you yeah. say yeah i kind of want to shit in your mouth and i want <laughs> yep. you to eat or you know, I want to eat yeah. prunes or they want, or they want you to eat prunes, whatever. Is there any, like, what is there? I guess, first of all, what's the first time you heard that? And were you ready for that? You know um, what I mean? Like, like, how do you, oh, if you're not into that, how do you, uh, <laughs> you, I don't you know, know, react the to first that. Time, the first time that oh, yeah. I met somebody who Shit was into in the my... bathroom stuff. <laughs> yeah. He, the first person that I met who was into that was so sweet. That after that, I couldn't really criticize. I couldn't really judge anybody for that or think it was gross because this first person was so sweet. Yeah, um, he was this old, older man. He'd been coming to the dungeon for so long, and he would sit in the lobby and he would be very polite in the lobby and not talk about that stuff. He would talk about like poetry or old Hollywood. He had the I don't know if he had ever worked in Hollywood, but he had the air of somebody who had been like. I don't know, a screenwriter in the 60s or something who's yeah. a much older man. And he would um just session with Doms, but he would want subs to come in and watch and talk to him because a lot of them like that, like the humiliation aspect of it. Um, and he what he was into was 
was farting. Like he wanted a dom to <laughs> fart in his face and he would smell it and sniff it up. He was also into acting like a dog. So those <laughs> two things going together. But um, he would just, I would come into the session to just like laugh at him for 10 minutes. And I would just say, oh, you're so ridiculous. So I'm not a big cursor. And so I wouldn't always go straight to being like, oh, you're so filthy. You're disgusting. Right, you're pathetic. You know? you're, it, yeah. Like I just, it was just like, oh, you're so ridiculous. But he, for some reason, he loved that. Like, and he wanted me to come back in every session and just say, you're so ridiculous. He was so sweet. And then as soon as he had had a session and he was done, he would just want to go into like having a philosophical conversation or talking about poetry or something like that. But he was really into farting. Like he would just talk. He would be like, oh, your your farts would smell so good in my face. But he didn't actually want you to do it. He just wanted to talk about it. But, and then what he would but do he'd is fart he would in your face? All... Or no, he'd... he wanted us to fart in his okay. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you know, never, we've done stripper episodes. Had somebody and somebody want to fart in my face. <laughs> well, how about <laughs> the shitting? Do they want to shit in your mouth or, or they want you to shit in theirs? They want, yeah, the second one. Yeah, usually the second theirs. one. And what, <laughs> what is your, so the first time you heard that, the first time someone looked you in the eye, you're standing with another human being in the room. <laughs> and I know you're very permissive and open and all that stuff, <laughs> but I don't know that you've ever confronted that in your personal, you know, that's well, usually not something so you do in junior because, high. Because I had played so much with this guy and we, we called him Doggy Bob, this this guy who was into the farting. Doggy I had Bob? Heard that for so much. Yeah, he okay. was so sweet. Um, and he was so sweet and he liked being called like a good dog and he liked barking. He was just such a sweet guy. So because I had heard him so much already talking about how he wanted to fart in our faces, I think I was sure. just used to it by that point. Like that had acclimated it me to it so then when it moved on to somebody saying i want to shit in your i want you to shit in my mouth then i was just like okay well that's the next step <laughs> was your job to act turned on by that though you know and you go no, oh I yeah i want to shit your mouth on by it no, no you're supposed to be disgusted but i was kind of no, i was not disgusted and no, i was kind of i'm like, saying in your character like, is that client oh, wanting you to, to be, be? No, yeah. I think I was supposed to be, I think this client, it would depend on the individual client okay. and that was be tricky because they wouldn't always tell you. So you would have to kind of figure it out. But no, I think he wanted me to be excited about it. Like he wanted me to want to do it. Like to be like, you're so filthy. You you're know, just so naughty. That, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how did you feel I mean, about that? As a toilet. Yeah. I, I mean, mean <laughs> were there things that people asked you to do where, where you go like, this is hard for me to even fucking act like this is cool. <laughs> I mean, no, it wasn't. That one was not hard for me to act okay. like it was cool. Because I, I mean, it is cool. I, I had seen, I think by that point, I had seen enough people that I could understand why somebody would want that. Um, why do you again, think? I don't know that he actually wanted it. He just wanted to fantasize about it. And that going back to my original point is that I don't know if he had been able to express his BDSM desires earlier in life, like with real partners, or if he'd been able to play with humiliation on a lighter scale. I don't know that his fantasies would have progressed so far, but I think when you're just alone with your thoughts so for so long, because he was an older person, then it's going to go to a more and more extreme place. So I could just see how it had brought him to that place. Um, so what do you think about bother me? Um, so most people who want to, you know, but there's also people who want to act that out, right? What right. do you think? Yes. Where do you think that comes from being the person who's seen the, you know, who these people are? Because it's something that's just kind of treated like a joke. 
by most people, um, right? Are you asking about bathroom stuff in particular? Yeah. Or yeah. just or yeah. I think I mean there's a, humili- humiliation is um can is really wide ranging um fetish that can have a lot of causes, but with bathroom stuff in particular and any kind of guess I'm making about this, I'm generalizing it. Okay. Yeah. I just feel like you're on the front lines. You might childhood shame is, would be my guess because, you know, especially anybody who had accidents as a child, like wet the bed or or anything like that. Um, and was shamed for it. Or even if you didn't actually have them, but it's just like a joke in our culture. Right. Um, that people feel a lot of shame about it. And then I think people who are into humiliation, sometimes the, the most, the, biggest expression of humiliation really that you could think of is the dirtiest part of somebody else and you taking in that dirtiest part of them. Yeah. So and if you think of like maybe the dirtiest part of somebody being the shit that's coming out of their asshole and then you're dirty. so unworthy of that person that the most you can take from them is that like, that's all you deserve. Yeah. It's a I'm- pretty dark, dark feeling when you think about it that way. But I think some people that that may be how they really feel about themselves deep down and so they eroticize that because a lot of times the things that we feel about ourselves that make us uncomfortable we eroticize them because it's a way to deal with them um so it could be that i I wish i had the confidence you know even even (laughs) guys who have women eat their ass i wish i had the confidence (laughs) to go like oh yeah you can definitely stick your tongue back there i'm clean it just it blows me away how how people can be so like I, i mean truly i'm for it i'm not uh, shaming it. I'm just saying I'm so far from yeah. that. You know what I mean? So, so it, so it's interesting to talk about and to hear your perspective on, um, what, um, what do you think about whenever people indulge fantasy, right? And I've mm-hmm. been on this side of this in many ways and many times you can, I can even relate it to using drugs, right? If right. you, if you start getting into stuff and you, there's a point where you let yourself go, right? Where you're like, yes. you're like, hey, everything's cool. Like, hey, it makes me feel good. I'm going to fucking do it. And I'm not going to feel bad, especially when there's outward shame on it. That was a big thing in my life with, with a, as a drug person. There's so much shame on it. I started using heroin. You're just like, oh, I'm going to do it fucking openly. I'm not even going to like, I'm not going to be ashamed. And, and now looking back at it, I see that as really like unhealthy for me, obviously, right? Like I was being immature and wild and stuff are there any aspects of this where the fantasizing to you gets too far or gets um, damaging to you that's a good question every now I and mean, then i get I, lucky i want to say no because i feel like you can't control your fantasies so in to say that it's going too far is not going to stop you from thinking the thing it's just going to make you feel shame about thinking the thing if that makes sense but do you think um, but, uh, so we had a um uh, a therapist on who um, who talked about like uh, pedophilia stuff? And yeah, that's what I was going to get. It. I mean, that's definitely you certainly should not actually do that for right. sure. We did have people come to the dungeon who were clearly into that, and there were a lot of women who would just not play with them. But those of us who did, the the idea we had was, well, it's better that they do it with us than with you know an actual child, and hopefully they're not doing it with an actual child. Um, we had this therapist. You gotta do it. Yeah, so this therapist knocked me out on this because she actually brought it to my attention. She's like, because there are child fuck dolls, right? I'm trying to put uh-huh. that delicately. And um, and I was like, well, yeah, they get it out there rather than the kid. That's a lot better. And she just said, 
you know, basically like, no, you're revving up their, mm-hmm. you know, their fantasy. And it made me think of when I watched the movie Blow, for instance, and I don't watch yeah. that movie and go, oh, huh, I used to do drugs. It's like, oh, fuck, I'm ready to go back, <laughs> you know, like in it. Yeah. So, so, so it was yeah, sort of like profound one. to me. Yeah. I would say that for one thing, though, I don't know. I, I don't know what the dolls are like, but if they're doing it at the dungeon, we're obviously not kids. And we obviously have a doll yeah. body. So in that way, it maybe is a little different. But you're right. It is tricky. It is iffy. And and I mean, I'm not saying I'm right or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just telling you my experience, what I heard and all that. So what yeah. what 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 is um because I shared your mindset 100 percent. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, truly. Yeah. And you're in there doing a fantasy job. And we have a sex worker podcast that we do. And I got into a thing with them about age play, <laughs> as they call it. Right. And right. and I mean, yeah. I wasn't arguing. I was just, you know, we were starting to talk about it. And it is very complex. How often would age play stuff happen? I mean, it was a lot. It would happen a lot because there were many different forms of it that could happen. Um, some of my craziest sessions, we would actually do infant play. There are people who wanted oh. to pretend to be babies and they would come in with diapers and then sometimes they would want you to be the baby and wear the diaper and then the bathroom stuff came into that too so there was that and that i mean that's would you change weird, a man's it, diaper yep the yep. Old, like i i have changed a baby's diaper when i when i'm babysitting but like right <laughs> yeah I, that was coming through my mind like as an adult woman i'm changing a diaper but it's not my child how did i did not imagine that this was ever what I was going to be doing with my life, but what else cool would, so, <laughs> so, so I have a thing with that. If there's one thing that I have to admit judgment for, and, and, uh-huh. and it is totally because there's an HBO real sex thing years ago about infantilism or whatever, I think they call it. Yeah. Yeah. And watching the 40 year old man put a fucking bonnet <laughs> on and go, <laughs> mama, papa. And then the <laughs> wife was changing his diapers and there, and I want, you know, I want to support you, bro. But that is so fucking pathetic to me for some reason. And, and I don't even want to say pathetic. I'm so sorry. But that's my real feeling when I saw that. And it's just like, oh, my God, to play along. Um, would they shit yeah, in the diaper I, I when mean, they do I it? I understand. What, yeah. No. I. What, what was the last thing you said? I'm not right, by the way. Like, I'm not saying I'm oh. right and whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, uh, that's I, I try to be honest with my thoughts on this shit. Yeah. And that's the one that I struggle with. I got to admit. Oh, but, I struggle with it, too. I mean, but. So what happened is like, especially when I first started at the dungeon and I didn't do sessions like that right away because they were a little rarer, I would have thought that is so weird. Yeah, that that doesn't make any sense. But by the time that I did do it, I had been there a long time. And and, um, the first person that I did it with, he was just such a sweet guy. And he was so like obsessed with it in a cute way. Like he actually collected <laughs> old diapers, <laughs> like not okay. used diapers, but like, like diapers, so that, like, like uh, disposable diapers, but brands that aren't made anymore. And he had like his own diaper bag and it's just, wow. it, it was very his own diaper odd, bag, but it was just, yeah. Like, what? like, um, is it fancy weird? One, and he had all kinds of stuff. So is it weird to watch point, them transform, you know, to be like, uh, you know, I'm walking in, I'm a business executive and Hey, darling, how are you doing? And then mama, Yep. or whatever but you know what some i mean of them, yes that would be very weird um some of them it was more extreme than others like this person who um the, the diaper person he came in like he was just kind of wearing a t-shirt and very casual and young he was very young actually and wow. um he kind of okay. stayed that shocks in. me for some reason yeah and he stayed in 
like that same kind of character throughout. And, but then we would have that big transformation. There would be people who came in in their business suits and they were obviously very powerful men. And then they wanted to do cross-dressing. So would they ever completely different. Would they ever throw a tantrum like a real kid where it would like annoy you? Like, oh, God damn it. Oh, yeah. All the time. Um, really? But <laughs> yeah. Please, please I mean, tell some of those stories. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of how I mean, I don't know if you mean like like where they throw the themselves the on the floor play? and fucking cry or, you know, like I have young children. Every now and then, oh. like in the morning, you're like, get your fucking boots on. And they act yeah, like they can't. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think they that we had that was one of the role plays we would do, like with tantrum, like they didn't want to wear the diaper. and You had to fight them into wearing the diaper and something like that. But wow. I, what I thought you meant was like more in an adult. In an adult context, they would kind of throw their little tantrums if some of them are very much kind of like. Some of the, the submissive guys were very much topping from the bottom. If you've heard that term before, yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. Had, they had, they knew exactly they what want. they wanted and they wanted it exactly the way that they wanted it. And if you weren't doing it exactly right, they would let you know. <laughs> right. Well, Hey, they're, they're fucking paying the money. Right. I mean, in a sense. <laughs> yes. Yes. Would they ever but, break um, character and, then, and I mean, be like, God damn it. Oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Oh yeah. All the time. And then, I mean, they would complain about things that they knew were against the rule, but they didn't, they wanted to do it anyway, or they would be like, but all the other girls do it. All the other girls take their underwear off. That was the big one. They would always say that. Uh, um, scheming motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. What, what, um, God, I'm sorry. This is all so fucking interesting. It's, it's hard for me <laughs> to stay on track, but, um, what were we talking about? The, the thing, yeah, just the more extreme requests, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, that oh we no, I'm sorry. About? Age play. Age play. It was age play stuff. Oh, age play. So guys, um, so in that regard, I'm meaning more. So this is my thing with age play. People say age mm -hmm. play, but I don't imagine there's many men who came in there and wanted you to act like a, like some fucking old lady. Right? <laughs> no, but right. there were, wants to be a child. there were guys who wanted to be a little boy and they wanted you to be like their mom. Yes. And I get that. Not an old lady, but a mom. Yeah. Okay. I would say maybe like a 40 something mom tops, not an old lady. <laughs> what were the things that, you know, that you struggled with when you started? Um, well, so actually when you were talking about the way that you see the, the, um, the diaper guys or mm -hmm. the, the infantilism, I felt that way at the beginning. One thing I really struggled with, and you're going to think this is so silly is tickling. I thought that because I had no idea that tickling was a fetish like or a part of BDSM because I had sort of been really obsessed with the the more extreme parts of it, like the the pain, the sadomasochism, yeah. the control. And I at the beginning and now I feel bad because now I, you know, I got to know a lot of these guys and um, and became friendly with them. But at the beginning, I was like, you're kidding me. You want to pay all this money just to tickle me? You just want to tickle me? That's so they want I to tickle you. It was pathetic. Yeah, I, right. I would have thought it was the other way around. Where you, you would have to tickle them. So at the very beginning, I was just kind of like, oh, that's not real BDSM. I was very disappointed with the tickling. But I got over that pretty quickly um, because I, I, I and I had some clients who told me how their tickling fetishes had developed. Like they had a girl they were friends with, with little kids and they tickled each other and um, and um, like, you know, play fought. Or, and a lot of times tickling was combined with bondage. So what would be exciting was tickling some with somebody while they were tied down. Um, so, so that is some childish I got that. shit. Though. I get that. Yeah. Like I, but you know, I mean, on its surface, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, just, just I, on its surface. I, yeah. 
Sorry. <laughs> at first, I just I just thought tickling was kind of boring, and I was just like, why? I just and I didn't think it was very. I didn't think it was a very masculine fetish, like for a dominant well, guy. It's not. It's just not. One of it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> and then you know, it's funny. We had such a because I started working there in 2013, and I was still thinking things like this, like I want it, and I honestly, I still kind of do. But now that's not really a cool thing to say anymore like because we're we're really expanding our idea of what gender is which is great but at right. the time you know 50 shades was really popular still back then and not that i liked 50 shades but there was this idea that like a dominant man was a very masculine man and i was like tickling her really yeah that's <laughs> not I, gotta, I, <laughs> I i mean would those guys come um some of them yeah so like they're tickling you and, they go, <laughs> and then they like i mean for real yeah. Oh, can the yes. clients have their dicks out, by the way? So, okay. So this is a complicated thing. So because it's not, we're not providing sexual services, they're not really allowed to masturbate or to be fully nude, but then we do cock and ball torture. So for that, they do have to have their dicks out. So like that's kind of exception. Well, yeah. <laughs> so they have to have yeah. some tape so, over like, the hole at so the end. So basically, if we're interacting with their cock and balls, it has to be because we're providing pain and not pleasure. Is kind of the rule there. Um, so but if don't the guy they like is dominant, the pain? Yeah. So that's where it gets tricky because if they did like the pain and then that causes them to have a physical reaction, then you know we can't really control that reaction. <laughs> was kind of the. Um, if that makes sense, that was kind of the reasoning behind it. So we're not gonna, we're not gonna help them masturbate. Nature. Yeah, yeah. But if they're having a reaction, that's with their own body. They're having that reaction with their own body. And so basically, but with the dominant men, um, if they were, if we weren't doing CBT on them, if they were in the dominant role, then they had to keep their underpants on. But you know, but things, they fucking people, rub it against you. I mean, still, it sticks out. People still had people had the reactions they were gonna have. We just couldn't help them have them and i'm that sure that they had ways to skirt <laughs> yes. it or push it where like they you know just you know going from my wild imagination you have a boner <laughs> and the woman's tied up and you start kind of running it on the inside of her fucking thigh and yep, yeah yep, yeah yeah absolutely um it's called also, i'm the hot dog have, you're the bun come on a, baby we Let's had have a some fun. we had a bathroom in every room so but i don't imagine they went and came in there some of them. <laughs> Excuse <might> me. <laughs> Excuse me one moment. I'm going and there were there were there were showers. Um there was yeah, everything. So so um the age play back to that when they wanted yes. you to be a little girl. Would you struggle yes. with that aspect? And how little of a girl would they want you to be? So there was really only one that I could think of that wanted me to be a really little girl, like younger than a teenager. And yeah, that was a wow creepy session everybody would agree that was a creepy session that was a guy who everyone who was there would agree that was fucking creepy when he wanted to fuck me as a six-year-old that he did let me go he was he was wow this guy and he would he was one who was always trying to break all the rules and he would only see basically very new submissives because he knew that they were the only ones who would see him like once you'd seen him a couple times I wear um, some motherfuckers then out. Then you would just, yeah, you would just be like no more because he was so, so it was two things. So he wanted to be the daddy and he wanted you to be the little girl. And then he also at the same time had a fetish for horse sex. So he also <laughs> wanted 
to teach you how to have sex at the horse. Do you have to charge more for multiple fantasies in one session? No. I feel like you got to charge a, double. You owe me a thousand dollars, motherfucker, I mean, for letting me hear that. We were just talking about it. We couldn't actually do it. Um, you don't bring Mister Ed in to finish. How it intense off? was he? <laughs> well, one, he, so one time we had gags. So one time he found a gag that was kind of like. I don't know. It wasn't cock shaped, but it was it was big. So he wanted to like pretend that the, the that gag was the horse's cock. So that was people would bring in their we... own props like that. No, it was it was a dungeon prop. Okay, we had props. Yeah, were there so, ever so in that situation? How intense is his demeanor, and how fucking crazy? By the way, that <laughs> you know to ask you, you know, uh, what was the specific age that he wanted you to be? Oh, you know, sure they specific. wouldn't say. Yeah, okay. they wouldn't say. No, because I mean, okay. just because it's so creepy. But it was very clearly young. It would be. It was like you know, like using infantile terms. That's like what I'm saying. Daddy and mommy and. Um, how did he let like, you know how you know like how young to be? He asked um, you to say what? Well, he would say like. Call me daddy. He say like. Yeah, you would say they would say call me daddy, but I'm trying to think how how you knew it was just pretty obvious. Um, he would say things like, "Would it be in um, his description of you're you? You're a bit like like things like, oh, you're a big enough girl to to go to school by yourself or something like that." Um, you know, like you have to be pretty <laughs> like you're gonna go to school by wow. yourself for the first time or something. Yeah. Imagine that dude. So, you know, obviously you can't out this dude and you wouldn't and all that. I, I'm just trying to say, like, what is the profile of this guy? Like, is this the typical powerful CEO type guy or is this more no, like this, so this the one, FBI should be I mean, watching? This guy, it was guy. one of the creepiest ones, I would say, by far, because he would come in and he would act super nice. Like he almost had like a Mr. Rogers type demeanor when he came Holy in. Shit. Like, yeah, like very nice. And he would, I think he would usually wear like Hi. a polo shirt and a He'd have his like sweatshirt like, tucked into his yeah, khakis with no yeah, belt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had like a slight, like maybe kind of like Midwestern accent or something. He just, just very much like, like normal, nice, slightly conservative guy, but you could just tell that it was an act. Oh. But this was not. This like, was act not like a little fucking client. kid, eh? <laughs> oh, that's Canadian. Yeah, but this yeah. was not our typical client. This was just one of those. He was like a gray man, a gray like sort of apples, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so what you know after those sessions, and and what are the things that that guy? So in that session, for instance, and I'm sorry to get some mm -hmm. details here because I'm revving up some other fucking. Somewhere. <laughs> but but when they're doing that and there's. He's saying you're big enough to go to school now. He wants yeah. you to play that, you know, and then I'm sure he brandishes his dick. Although it's, yeah, a, yeah or whatever. Like, well, I so mean, how does that fantasy do play out? He would sit. So he wanted, well, he also wanted you to be sit a horse. So that was another part of it. So he would like have you get on all fours and then he would say, I'm going to ride you like a horse. So then he would get on you like in his box. sit on your and, back. Yes. Yeah. And that was really technically like woman. very, very close to breaking the dungeon rules, which is why he would only play with new girls. And like after two or three sessions, pretty much everyone would be like, I'm not going to see you anymore. Um, did you ever feel that's what he would do? Like, would what you, you feel malice or hatred in any of these people where it would shut you off? Um, 
not with him. I don't know why, maybe because like I like that was such a disturbing session that I had to shut it off before even it started. Um, there were a couple, like there were was one session that I was really angry and but it's more serious stories. So I don't know if we want to wait till later. Um, no, I I mean we can no, we can do that. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, this is we just like, talked about fucking pedophilia type shit. So I mean, yeah. Well, one that I was very angry with was actually, it was a female client, which is really rare, but she was like a female dominant and she would come in sometimes, she would come in with like her male submissive actually and play, she would bring him in and then they would play with girls. But what she did- Were was they a she, couple, would you say? Yeah, they were They were a couple. Yeah. Okay. Um, so for one thing, because she was a woman, I think I had like trust with her. So then it really hurt more that she broke it. But what she did was she had me tied up and then she took a knife out, which like you're not supposed to have a knife in yeah. the dungeon. That should be obvious. So she took a knife out and like started running it across my flesh while I was naked and tied up. And I just was like completely freaked out, like completely like had a sobbing, shuddering breakdown. Um, what was she then, saying? I didn't, what was she saying or what yeah. was I saying? No, what was she well, saying? I was wasn't she threatening saying anything. You? Like I couldn't talk from what I remember. She wasn't saying anything either. She was just doing it. I don't think she was saying anything, but if she was, I, I don't remember. Um, Cause it was like a pretty traumatic moment for me. Yeah. And then when it was over, I told the desk, the desk mistress what had happened. And I was really upset. And then she was just like, Oh, it was just a fake knife. So okay. oh, I guess it was great. a fake knife. I don't know. It felt real to me, to be honest. And if she didn't warn me that she had one or that she was going to pretend to do that, where there was no reason for me to not think, you know, yeah. I couldn't see it that well from the way I was tied up. Like I assumed it was real. So, so well, that, that was, that was one that really made me angry. So that's, that's, so something that I was going to bring up sort of earlier in this, but is, so, um, there, um, there's a, I don't want to give too much away, but there's, I got asked to be in a film and it was someone who knew me from comedy who was involved in the comedy world and, and who I really liked, thought she's cool. And she asked me to be in this film and it was about <laughs> BDSM type stuff because, uh, whatever, I don't want to give too much away, but anyway, I was asked out to this thing and in my mind, I'm going, well, I'm a comedian. They clearly asked me to do it for comedy. So I thought, mm -hmm. you know, that, like, I mean, I thought it'd be like a dark HBO type where you play it straight comedy. You know, it's not like I mm -hmm. thought it was going to be slapstick, but I got there and the person wasn't there. It was uh, just one person in this industrial type thing. And they wanted me to put on a G string and a mask Ooh. and be tied up. And then the person was coming. Right. And I'm kind of uh -huh. like, just, it's uncomfortable right away. And then, but I do it. Cause it was someone who I, whatever, had faith in and did it. And it was extremely, like, I was shocked at how vulnerable I felt to be tied up mm -hmm. because I was in the St. Andrew's cross position and I'm right. just going like, this doesn't feel like a comedy video. And, <laughs> um, and the woman came and she was very attractive by the way, and had done Dom stuff and started to do it on me. And it was just, it was very weird. Not my thing. But it makes me understand how for you, how it's like the second you're tied into that thing, you are ultra vulnerable and you yes. are someone's decision away from having something really bad happen. So what, yes. how do you get there that you're comfortable with that? Because people are coming in to get 
to do those things, you're putting yourself right in the crosshairs of people who, you know, it's very easy that someone might do something fucked up, I guess. Yeah, and, and people did do fucked up things like people would pull your underwear off while you were tied up and stuff like that. So or they would hit you harder or purposefully in the wrong place. So it definitely did happen. I mean, part of it is just that you I think you have to be the kind of person who is really, really had those fantasies for a long time and you really desired it like enough that you're willing to put up with that um but also i think that actually in a weird way it's actually safer to do it in a dungeon than it would be even if True. you're doing it with a partner that you like outside of a dungeon because yeah. in the dungeon we do there's people you know in the building so like even if you were doing it with a partner but you maybe they were an abusive partner or something like you could be in more danger outside of the dungeon, but there's always other people in the building and they know where you are. And there's, so there's like a panic button. Now, of course, if you're tied up, you can't, yeah, unless it's in your mouth. Button, right. but it is there. And, um, the clients, most of the clients have been coming to the dungeon for a long time and they know the rules and they know that if they break the rules, they're then they're going to be asked. Yeah. They're going to be asked not to come back. Um, so generally, you know, nothing too bad is going to happen. And then, um, we did have, have gags, but we were recommended not to wear a gag with like a client we didn't know. And even with, a, with some gags, you can make noise. So yes, like people would mm. scream as part, yeah. part of session. Yeah. yeah. Like you could might scream, help me. Right. Like if you were doing a role play where you were being kidnapped, but I think there's like a different, like, I think if somebody had really been in a situation of extreme danger and that never happened when I was there, but I think you can tell the difference that if they were doing that for long enough, somebody would have heard yeah, yeah. Up there right away. So there was always like that kind of sense that is of that, that. Um, so and then if enough time passed that your session was over, they would always check on you the minute your session ended. So if you couldn't answer and tell them you were okay, like immediately, then they would definitely come up right away and check on you. And so I, at the most you would have like maybe, well, you might have an hour if something bad happened right at the beginning of your session, but that would be long, very, long, very rare. Long yeah. Fucking time, yeah. No, but that, that never happened. And so. Then, so, so I have a, I have a couple questions on this then. So first of all, is that, like, obviously that's the charge for you, right? Is that you are so vulnerable and that anything bad could happen. And that's what, right. like, what brings you to it. Would you, uh, so uh, we did an episode some time ago that I believe you listened to that was yes. a, about consensual non-consent, which really yes. blew me away. And, but yeah. I, you know, really love the episode. And I, uh, anyone who likes this one should listen to that one. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that really struck me, I suppose, is that, our bodies get wired in a way that you can, you know, I would like to think that when I orgasm, I'm in control of why, right? Yeah. Do you orgasm at these appointments or, or orgasm at what? things that, that you don't necessarily like, but you still get that charge? In yeah, a sense? definitely. I mean, I didn't orgasm a lot at the dungeon, but like if I got turned on at the dungeon sometimes, and I would get sometimes turned on by things that I did not like or with people that I did right. not like. And I think that, that happens. And like, that must be so um, confusing. Like, like yeah. someone who you're repulsed by, like, I mean, would it ever be that? Like, I mean, someone who you're really yeah, not I mean, attracted be, to. Yes. And if they were doing something that I was turned on by, or I would even, cause like from the time I was very young, I had a lot of fantasies about like being kidnapped and like hurt and then getting rescued. And it was all like, 
part of the same fantasy. So, you know, in my head, maybe I was in the part where I was getting kidnapped and hurt and then I was going to get rescued. So can you share that sounds like, can you share a specific example? Of that, I like mean, that you know, is, of one that turned you on. Is, that's about as specific as it got because I okay. didn't like, like. Well, <laughs> I've actually never shared this one before, but I think because I listened to the rape episode, I feel like more comfortable sharing this. So I had a like repeated fantasy like throughout high school, and I think it was kind of like more of a fantasy about escaping from real life than anything else. So I just would have this fantasy that I got kidnapped by like this group of guys, and I didn't really give them specific faces or anything aside from the fact that they were probably all attractive and clean and smelled goods, which made it totally unrealistic. Right. They were probably like college students. I don't know. But like, yeah. They, those like, aren't the guys just... who have to resort to kidnapping, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they would just like keep me in their basement, like just tied up in their basement, like forever. And then just like come down and, and like beat me up and then have their way with me. And just this would go on for a long time. And this was obviously not something that I actually wanted to happen, which was, it was very confusing at these fantasies because I was like, I know I don't actually want this to happen, but this really turns me on to think about this. And then in that one, sometimes I would get rescued, but sometimes it wasn't even rescued. It was just that one of them was like really nice and caring and would like take care of me after. Would do some post care or whatever. So yeah. after yeah. care. What, yeah, what? So yeah, I would do after care. Yeah. 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 What, um, so were you raped? Like, you know, what brought you to this? Sorry <laughs> so to ask that. So, know, so crazy. No, I know that it was yeah. probably coming. So I never yeah. was, I never was raped. And I know in that episode that she said that like, this is happens to people because they were raped. And I can see that that's totally true. And that's probably usually what it is. Um, and when I first really kind of understood my fantasies and tried to figure out why I had had these fantasies, I thought I probably had been sexually abused and like repressed or something. And I yeah. was really trying to figure out what had happened, but I don't think I ever was. And I think that when you're a little kid, just any kind of experience where you feel like you're not in control of your surroundings, even if it's not sexual, it can just that feeling can just kind of mess up your, your head a little. So I just basically, I had, um, like I had a, I had a really caring, loving parents and a financially stable, safe childhood. Like I was never in any kind of danger, but, um, I did have, when I was three, I had like a baby sister was born and then died just a couple months after that. And then I think both of my parents, but especially my mom had really pretty severe depression after that. And they already sort of had kind of family issues of their own. And I was the first child. So there was just a lot of like precariousness. Um, and I think that it wasn't dealt with, like there were no therapists, there was no, so I think that I felt unsafe, like psychologically, and I don't think it was anybody's fault. Like yeah. it was not intentional right. and, or at all, but, um, like I didn't feel like I was able to like express my true feelings because I was afraid of like being abandoned or, or, or hurt. I think I felt like I had to take care of my parents. That, like, so not that's what I was going to say. Like, like yeah. also that there's, there's pressure on you to not cause them more pain probably. Yes. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so I can see that. I mean, that, that actually makes a lot of sense to me in a way. Right. Yeah. Like, like, but it, so why it became so sexual, who, who knows? I don't know. I mean, that's just human brains are weird, you know? Were you, so, um, and I mean this word in the, in the kindest, most, um, pedestalized way. Were you a slut in high school? <laughs> No, I was the opposite. I was very, very, so I was like borderline anorexic in high school. Like I was such a control freak. 
Um, so I was like, like I didn't get my period. Um, and I had, I was like really like, I didn't have breasts. I don't know if that doesn't have anything. You just still be a breast, but, but like, I, I just like, I was very, um, serious and very focused on my studies. I didn't go on a lot of dates. I didn't lose my virginity till I was 20. So, but I had a lot of really weird fantasies, like really dark Early fantasies. On. And I think that was part, of, yeah. And I think that's part of the reasons why I wasn't like as sexually active because it still is kind of hard for me sometimes to be more sexual in like more of a vanilla context because I do like feel way more comfortable if I'm in a submissive role. And that's not really something that happens that young in high school. I mean, it does for some people, but you know, most people in high school are not like, Oh, can you tie me up and pretend to rape me or whatever? So like. one, 100%, <laughs> one of the things that I was going to ask is how does a fellow yeah. out there who had like, I mean, even thinking I have even some sympathy for the dudes who have these fantasies, because how do you let a girl know, like, God, I'd like to beat the fucking shit out of you? Or, you know, like, I'd love yeah, to trample seriously. you. I'd love to I know. slap. You know, yeah, like, yeah. how do you bring that? Well, the funny and, it's hard and for me the to funny talk thing dirty. Is, like, some of the more extreme fantasies I that I had, like, they were never something that a guy would have asked me, can I do this? Like, right. I had to bring them up. Like, the trampling. Like, I, t I told a couple people, like, there were a couple things like that, like, trampling and then being spit on. Like, I don't think any guy's going to be like, can I spit on you? But I was like, I told them I liked it. So... I was watching and a porn like, okay. where the woman <laughs> where the woman spit on the guy's cock, and I yeah. well, I got to tell you, back where I'm from, different. that's an insult. Yeah, it's just a stupid joke. But I can but, actually see it making <laughs> I can actually see it making more sense. Like it makes if a lot it's of sense. Genitals, okay, because yeah. people are already no, are it makes already a lot of sense doing things with their mouths in that area, but like being spit like in your face or something like that's pretty. It's extreme. disgusting. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Disgusting. What, how does the, uh, but I get that. That's why it's hot. Believe me. Uh, yeah. Believe me. I understand that. What, what, um, to go back to the trampling, what is, how do you, <laughs> when did your first fantasy come about where you go like, God, I'd like someone to fucking Oh, I walk don't remember. Me. I mean, I don't remember. I think it was always part of like, I think whenever I had these like, and I don't have, and after I started working in the dungeon, I don't have as much of the extreme fantasies as I used to. Um, and like, they're not things that I would want to have happen, but I think I would always imagine somebody like really throwing me down roughly, like, so that I like really landed hard on the ground. And so I think trampling was kind of like that same idea of just being like pushed into the ground, like on your stomach and then having that weight on you. Um, I think it's just like a really powerless position to be in. So oh yeah, I, that's where that came from. I've looked at I some think. Tom from Finland pictures, and there's a lot of that. There's a lot of stepping on dicks and all yeah. that. So, so yeah. I get that that's a deep seated thing. Like, and I get humiliation and all that. I'm not trying to act totally naive to this, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, but tr I guess you used the word trampled, and it really stuck out to me. Um, yeah, well, because I think it's pretty common fetish for guys to want to be trampled, but it's not as common oh. for, for women. Oh, it's very, it's definitely very common at the dungeon. It was something a lot of guys would ask for. You know what? You're right. I've seen pictures of those like caution books <laughs> where a woman, there's one that stuck out to me where a woman had a really high heel and she was stuffing cake into this guy's mouth, like, you oh, know, with yeah. the heel. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. What, what, um, what sort of trampling stuff did you do and have done? I you? mean, well, a lot of guys wanted their, their dick in their balls. Like they wanted you to, to put their, their, put your stiletto heel and kind of dig in. So we would do wow. that. Yeah. Or would they just, just again, I hate to ask this again, but 
would they come when you are Not, putting no, the stiletto were, to it? I don't think any. No, I think that might have like been spurred like out both physiologically sides. impossible. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I if you're doing it right, that ever happening. <laughs> yeah, but what? What? My God! And with with you get a guy like that in, does it? Do you get anybody that's like on the fence? Because like, earlier you said you had a guy that didn't know what he liked. Where he go, somebody goes, "Oh yeah, I want you to trample me," and then you start trampling on him, and he's like, "Oh, no, pine- not that pineapple science. Yeah. This is gonna um, hurt this." Not bit. with that. Not that not you crazy that. bitch. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, he's like, "I got to use those." <laughs> no. later. right. You know, and you would think that would like because there would be guys who would come in and would be nervous and would be like, "I don't know if I'll like this." Like I fantasized about it, but um, my experience is if you fantasized about something, and you probably actually do like it usually. So I never, I never experienced that. Um, but where that would happen was with the bathroom stuff, actually, like the guy who liked to talk about the farting. Like I heard that once one girl actually did fart in his face and he didn't like it. He just wanted to talk he, about you. it. He, <laughs> you. Yeah. You stinky. Yuck. Yeah. What, yeah. what, um, so when, you know, where, where I think of this job being scary or like, uh-huh. uh, you know, like, listen, I have a daughter. I hate always bringing shit back to that thing, but I don't, I'd like her to be very open sexually. That is so fucking weird to say. I wish I hadn't said that, but whatever. Hell, healthy or healthy, happy, all that shit. Right. Like I'm, I'm not trying to yuck somebody's yum as they say, but I got to say, it's scary to think if that's the route she took, which is your route, because I'd be so scared of the, you know, the people who are like, the people are with you that they don't really value you. And I know that they mm-hmm. act like they do. And some really do. Well, some of the, No, some of them act like they don't. <laughs> right. Okay. And then to some see them, them doing very clear, like, you know, I get the really scary one with the knife thing, but what's really mm-hmm. um, insidious to me is the guys who are always doing the little extra thing, right? Like, you know, a little whack to the fucking ribs, you know, that, yeah. you know, that you have yeah. a bruise and, you know, where yep. you see the real anger and hate in their face as they do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of guys that you can tell that they really hate women. Um, I mean, yeah, it's not, it's nobody would want their daughter to have this job. Um, okay. I feel like really? for me, I mean, maybe somebody would, but I, how would I you feel about it? And if I had it, uh, I mean, I don't have a, I don't know that I was ever going to have kids. Um, yeah. But well, that's the shit you've like, seen. <laughs> I don't blame you. The yeah. same way that I feel like about myself is like knowing my personality. I knew always knew I was going to do something like this. So it's like you can't really can't change your nature. You know what I mean? Um, and I was a lot unhappier before I had done it. And definitely there are things about it that damaged me. And there are parts of me that are like more distrustful and for sure. And probably fall in love a lot less easily at this point. Um, and there have been times, there were times while I was working at the dungeon or right after that, I was just, I didn't want to be with anybody sexually outside of work. So it can definitely do that to you. You know, you just want to be alone and definitely. And I'm also a loner to begin with. Um, so yeah, I can't make friends can telling def- me I want to be trampled. <laughs> what, what, um, what, what do you see as far like, Oh man. Do you, do you, sorry, I got stuck here, but I was trying to think about this the, okay. oh, okay. Um, you were talking about, you know, that's you, you can't change who you are and all that stuff. And yeah. my, my view on it as a 42 year old man who looks back at, I w- I've been a lot of different people through my life. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And yeah, that, I mean, that is a simplistic, you can certainly change some things about who you are, but if you're, if you, I don't think you can change, like, like, I don't think I could get rid of the part of me that wants to be submissive. Like, no, right. And by the way, I don't want you to, I'm just trying to say <laughs> the, that, um, amping up those things or doing the extreme things. Like, you know, what you've said yourself is when you're in that job, I'm sure things got more right. extreme. Right. And now yeah. looking back at that, how do you view, because, you know, I was, so I was talking about this episode today and I thought if someone, and I'm sure people did approach me when I was a 25 year old heroin addict and said, Hey man, like fucking heroin shit, like you shouldn't do that or whatever. And there would have been no telling me it, you know, it would have been like, look, it's vilified. It's overdone. Like, fuck you. I'm fine. You know, you can't change who I am. I'm a hair. Like, and now I look at, yeah. like, I look back at it as so childish in a way. Yeah. Do you have any aspects well, of that? Because I know there's I tremendous mean, yeah, pressure in this I, community I, to, to accept everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's actually not though. Like there's actually, there's a lot of, of wariness against abuse. Um, and you know, especially post 50 shades, because so many aspects of 50 shades or so many aspects of BDSM got a bad rap because of that, like abuse. Yeah, was fucking vanilla so really down is, too. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there is like a push to not, not normalize abuse. And there's a lot of like emphasis on the safe scene and consensual and the submissive is care, right? control, you know, aftercare. Yeah. All that stuff. Um, I forgot what the original question was. Oh, who fucking um, knows? Just keep going, baby. <laughs> No, what well, I, um, I think I was just asking about, like the fluid nature of who you are oh, changes, right? right. So, and, well, I think what I was going to, yes, it's what I was going to say, though, is that I don't know that the way that I approach this job was the healthiest way. And I also don't think it's the way that most people approach it. So I should emphasize that, that there are much healthier ways to come into this job. How's like, it different? Like, how did you come in? Especially when I started, I really just truly submitted in way more sessions than I should have. Um, and I just was very open, um, and just like, probably just gave more of myself than I should have. Like you, it really is best if you can, you know, play a role, which I certainly had to at points and at time. And as I went further along, I did more and more, especially when I was doming, cause I don't consider myself a dom. So anytime I was doming, I was playing a role, but obviously with somebody like the, the guy who wants you to be a tiny, a little girl or to wear diapers there, I was playing a role. But um, if it was like somebody who wanted to tie me up or spank me, I was usually not playing a role. Like I was, I was, I was really submitting and really enjoying it. And um, I would try not to go into full subspace. We haven't really talked. I don't know if people yeah, know what subspace that? is, what's but that? that's, that's like what we were talking about earlier with the endorphin high, where you kind of um, feel like you're high. Give so into really it. You should, we're, we're you like... should never, you should never go into subspace if you're working you know, I'm in a professional context, but I did let myself do that. Um, oh, it's so much hotter when you one. let yourself do it though. Like, I mean, for real, yeah. I'm sure the person can but feel it. I certainly wasn't the only one. Yeah. I certainly wasn't the only one. And also at times it was really be impossible not to, you know, if, if the person is a really skilled dom and they're really hitting you hard and doing it correctly, it would be almost impossible not to, but you should try not to. Um, and I, I, you know, I did let myself go too far. Um, at times I did not have good boundaries when I started, but then another, what's an example positive, of that, um, of letting things go too far. Not, like just letting people continue to hit me way too hard when there was no reason for it, you know, especially if they were not pay, paying for us for a heavy session. Um, 
if I could tell that they were hitting me hard enough to bruise me and they had kept out doing it for a long time, you know, I just said like, you need to back off. We need to take a break. Um, and then I would let people tie me up who I knew because they do it, done it before. We're going to like grab my pussy once I was tied up and I would still play with them again, even though I knew they were going to do that. Going to do um, what's your pussy. I'm sorry. The sound sort of <laughs> grab, for real. Grab it. Okay. Grab yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Did they ever, did you ever just give in and, and fuck somebody? No, because that would have been truthful? like, <laughs> well, yeah, I am because okay. it, it was just, there was no, like that would have been like, I think that'd be so hard not to, if, if they had, no, it was not hard. Like, <laughs> like even if you were into it, most of these guys, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't somebody that you would want to because of, fuck, okay. Well, and like, so there were, there were a lot of, a lot of older gentlemen, <laughs> to be honest. Hey. Um, and <laughs> Hey, you whippersnapper. <laughs> Some Much of us. Older. Like, yeah. uh, like, uh, well, like my oldest client ever, I think was probably like in his late eighties. Jesus. So, <laughs> yeah. Would they put on the dumb shit? Like, I mean, would they put yeah. on the leather and the hood and the, or whatever? Oh, no, 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 no. He, hardly he, anybody he takes his that. teeth out of the glass <laughs> and says, I'm really going to give it to you today. Yeah. Yeah, but no, but but really more because the the owner of the dungeon was very very serious about the rules and that this was not a place for prostitution or a place for that stuff. Right. And a lot of the women who worked there were very serious about it. So if you had done something like that and you got caught, like you would have both been fired and like all the women there would have hated you and they were all like my friends. So I didn't want that. And it just would have felt really weird because it's like you know there you can hear so when you're in one room you can hear what's going on in the next room okay so yeah do you ever so because hear, of that sorry um were there ever clients where you just you know whether you like their looks or not where they were so good at it or you clicked with them where it began to feel like an affair or a romance where yes, like you really look forward to that. I kind of regret because he was really young and really sweet. And I had like a huge crush on him and I could tell that he kind of wanted to date me, but there was, there was a rule against that. Um, and he was very like good about following the rules. So he had not asked for a long time, but then I could tell he was going to ask. I think he actually did ask me out once, but by that point, like I had met my boyfriend and I was with my boyfriend and I was just, but I do kind of regret sometimes that I didn't date him. Cause then he actually stopped coming to the dungeon, um, which was a good thing because he was very young. Yeah. He, he was, he was young and he needed to like go have his life and not be spending all his money at the dungeon. But so he stopped coming and I was kind of like, I wish I, maybe I wish I had just dated him. <laughs> he was very nice. But and, he was pretty much the only one. And and was there not any, um, like, a secondary market where you go, hey, I'm out here to meet the dudes, and then I get paid real fucking money because <laughs> I go to their house and, you know. Um, not very often, just because, like. The risk well, of thing, losing a lot your of job. Them, yeah, well, a lot of them were married, so they didn't want to that to happen like they didn't sure. want it to be anywhere outside of the dungeon like yeah you could go to a hotel but the hotel didn't have all the dungeon equipment that you could use um but there were some i mean there was one woman who worked there who ended up marrying a client because that was why she came to work in the dungeon she was looking for a for you know, a full-time dom yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um she was just looking for a sh sugar daddy that made it truly serious so that that could happen but um it wasn't super likely because it was just like, it was just as easy and safe to do it in the dungeon. And the equipment, I mean, really like the guys who wanted to play with all the equipment that we had. Um, so we had tons of 
really expensive toys and and the furniture and all that stuff that costs like to have that would cost thousands of dollars. So, um, you know, it wouldn't be practical to to try to do that on your own, really. So I've got a ton more questions. We haven't even covered close to everything <laughs> that I planned, but we're at an hour and a half. Wow. Would it you feels like, like we've barely talked about anything. We haven't. <laughs> we, we truly haven't. Would, uh, but I think it'd be a good time to possibly break and then uh-huh. do a part two if, uh, if you'd like to, whether it's next week or whether it's tomorrow, whenever yeah. you'd like, basically. Um, does that sound good to you? Yeah, for sure. Um, tomorrow is, is not great. Yeah. But, yeah. But I mean, we can do it next sure. week at the same time if you'd like. Um, that works for us, but we can talk about that. I'll have to off. double check for sure, yeah. but yeah, this yeah. should work. Okay. Well, um, Stephanie parent, I want to promote her stuff real quick before we get out of here. Um, Tevin, I know we have like her Twitter, her Twitter handle uh, and yep. her, um, Patreon as well. So we'll put that on screen. So on Twitter, you can find her at, um, at here it comes. Yep. At SC underscore parent. Parent is a, a funny last name to have for these things, I by know. the way. Um, <laughs> it really is. And, uh, and her Patreon is? Boom, boom. Patreon.com <laughs> slash Stephanie P. Yeah. So please go on. And and what kind of stuff happens on the Patreon? So, the, yeah. So I do want to say that on the Twitter these days, I don't normally talk about the sex work. Not that I'm not open about it, but just because, like, I stopped doing it the, for the pandemic. So it wasn't really organic to be like, oh, stay, I did this or that. Um but what I do do there is like I edit links to stuff I publish. So like I have a new piece coming out that has to do with the dungeon on, I think on December 5th. So I'll put a link to that. So any kind of links are there and all the links to my website and stuff. But on the Patreon right now, and it's fairly new, it's basically just, um, it's just me telling the dungeon story from the beginning. So it's, it's very detailed. Like I've been doing it for a couple months. I think and I'm really only up to my first couple of weeks I've been at the dungeon. So it's that. And then I also have voice recordings of it, but, um, I am Ooh. open to doing different things. Um, if people want different things, cause it's an interactive platform. So yeah, if someone wants want a video or join, something, you never know. Right. Well, if they pay enough. Yeah. But, but there's not going to be like nude stuff because just because it is under my real name. So I do want to say that like, if okay. people, that's, it's not going to be like sexual content. Yeah. All, if you want Patreon that kind of content, that, go to uh, <laughs> patreon.com slash profession confession podcast. Yes, there's a whole nother. <laughs> where I can be bought. <laughs> I would especially but, like to do a humiliation if like a gay guy masturbating where I just have my shirt <laughs> off and go like, you homosexual. Oh my God. Again, that's all. But anyway, I was thinking. But so, yeah. so there's a lot of writing like that goes into detail. And then I've been reading um, the stuff out loud, too, and like having an audio. And I've been doing questions and answers. So I'm really open to question and answers. And then if people want other things that are not there, they can give me ideas. So if you do join the Patreon and you don't like it, you can always cancel or you can just join for one month. Yeah, and you cancel. can do one month so donation. It's not, it's not like a big. Yeah, it's, it's just basically a donation that's going to help give me more time to write. So that I can write my. Do you want to do like like? Is there a vocal like um you know a way that you can kind of talk to the people? <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> so like we had the dom lady on once, and 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 she was you know, oh, like I mean she would slip into it, and I just thought maybe if you want to make some of my right. listeners come, you could say something right now, <laughs> right. or like oh. or I will. Uh, 
It's like those, what are all the famous people doing where it's like the uh, cameos where you can pay them to say happy birthday to you. Ooh, you can do like the same idea. thing except you humiliate them and you'll send them a voice recording. <laughs> or yeah, where well, you I mean, let them I can, humiliate yeah, I can you. I on the Patreon if people want me, wanted me to do like, and I think I can also, because I can give people, you can private message people. So if somebody had like a request for me to tell them something private or to record something private, I could do that. Oh yeah, that. just sexy chat. Yeah. Yeah. You can get a yeah, boner just like sure. just texting people <laughs> for real. Yeah. The, my my um, text app is my biggest erogenous zone. <laughs> yeah. For Did sure. Did I give away too much? Um, this podcast <laughs> has been sponsored by Big Johnson T-shirts, by the way. They say the bigger the pod, the bigger the rod. Big Johnson. Um, and yeah, so go support Big Johnson T-shirts. Do, uh, do they have those where you're from? Big Johnson. Me? Yeah. Do you I remember those? So. No. You're too young. Uh, it's a joke actually, but it's just a, uh, I don't even think Tevin knows about it. It's from the late eighties, early nineties. Nope. There were these big Johnson t-shirts where it was all about having a big dick, big Johnson. <laughs> so anyway, um, thank you everybody for listening. We will be back for part two very soon. Uh, I want to thank my guest. She has a great piece on Huffington post too, that you can read. Um, and we're having a blast. So, um, Watch the live stream if you'd like, and you can ask questions live, and um, we'll try to – fuck, I jumped around too much. But next week, we're going <laughs> to go to so much stuff that we haven't even got to yet. So thank you so much. You're really an awesome guest, and thanks for having thank this you. conversation. So, all right. Thank you so much. And thanks to the listeners. Awesome. Um, yeah, share the episode. Uh, follow our social media, and you can watch these live streams and participate. All right. Goodbye. We down? We are down. And she is still here.